0: roster watch nation welcome back to the epic roster watch podcast brought to you by Rosterwatch.com. my name is alex dunlap joined today on this tuesday edition of the program where we'll look back at uh uh, the week four that was in the nfl look ahead a little bit to week five and discuss the waiver wire cheat sheet at rosterwatch.com. is roster watch co-founder and architect of the magical and mystical waiver wire cheat sheet Byron Lambert. Byron, what's going on, brother?
1: Oh, man, just out slaying some monster trout, trying to take my mind off these fantasy injuries.
0: (laughs) I forgot. So you're up in Colorado, huh?
1: Yeah, I just had a top three to five, maybe number one fishing day of my whole life, man.
0: Number one? Even better than catching those Marlins and stuff out there in
1: Florida? Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that really rivals it. Key West... And, what kind of uh, trout are we talking here, dude? All sixteen to twenty inch brown trout and uh, rainbow trout on, on the fly rod. Epic! Wow, how many did
0: you get into on on, on, on flies? Piles of them, piles,
1: big piles, piles. big piles big of piles. trout on,
0: on flies. I've never gone out with a fly fishing rod and come back with I've come back with piles of anger.
1: And the, the interesting thing was, the really cool thing was. Um, it's generally,
0: man, when, generally, dude, when you fly fish, it's like you catch a fish or you catch a fish or two. Like a two bagger is a monster on your stringer. How did you catch piles of brown, brown trout? And that's
1: big brown trout. I mean, I think we caught 40 pounds of fish yesterday. Jesus. And it was in the mountains and the cool thing. Were you was, with a guide? Yeah, a friend and a guide. That's a great, oh, so, a great, yeah. great asset to any. <laughs> have a friend who's a guide, yeah. Any circle of buddies, God, a damn. friend who's a fishing guide. But I mean, the cool thing was, it was the first snowfall of the year in the mountains, so it was dumping snow while we're just slaying, slaying monsters. So, anyways, it was quite therapeutic and cathartic after a tumultuous uh, beginning of the season with some bad bad vicious run of injuries but we got the waiver wire cheat sheet up and ready to rock and roll Alex I've kind of sorted this thing out by a handful of topic topics I'd like to slice and dice by but please go ahead and start with anything you've got on your mind or you'd like
0: yeah well I mean just a couple things first off we'd like to ask you guys if you're not pro members at rosterwatch.com please go to rosterwatch get a pro membership all this work that we do is funded by you guys we're this is community funded content we're here to help you win and the only way that we can do it is if we you know, keep our subscriber numbers up. And if, so if you like the podcast or you like the radio show on SiriusXM and you're not a pro member, by all means, it's, it's very cheap to join and you'll get access to all these tools we talk about. Plus, you'll be supporting us. The other great way to support us is to go into iTunes, um, open up your podcast app, search for Roster Watch. Uh, whenever you search for Rosterwatch, they're inside the podcasts app on your iPhone. Uh, it should come up a page where there is album art there that says R.W. Maniacal Analysis, it's just like the artwork for this podcast, right? Click on that. That'll take you to a page where you can give us five star rating and give us a good review. Um, we said last week that we'd be reviewing some of those reviews and, and giving away some free. <laughs> Did you do that, Byron? Are, are we ready to give away a free membership yet? Or maybe you could do that. Um, maybe you could do that tomorrow, whenever you do the trade podcast.
1: Man, those those fish were magical. That was <laughs> that was special yesterday. Uh, we'll we'll double up on reviews and subscriptions on the next podcast. I promise you guys. But we've got something very special coming tomorrow. So trust us, we're staying busy. Uh, we have another piece of podcast content coming at you guys tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. And we've got a really deep waiver wire cheat sheet with a lot of a lot of interesting um a lot of interesting plays potentially on the season in it
0: right a very new and different podcast concept it, it it'll be happening during uh it'll it'll be happening during this specific kind of period in the season when you're going to need our help with your trades and so we'll just leave it at that and you'll be able to listen to this content today and also be expecting a new pod from us tomorrow that's in a bit of a different form so but regardless please go in iTunes give us a good rating give us a good review we would greatly appreciate it we're right on the cusp of being able to uh, draw interest from advertisers to be able to help us monetize this this podcast um all right so I guess Before we get into the waiver wire cheat sheet, just a couple of topics that I wanted to hit on really quick. Byron, I just got done watching the – and this might, you know, this might blend into some waiver wire talk, but I I just – I can't start this thing without just talking to you about the Texans and Deshaun Watson. Color me as being a complete donk for saying that I thought that Dick LeBeau was going to screw him up with all that zone blitzing and talking about what he'd done against rookie quarterbacks – I mean, are we st- are are we starting to see the emergence? I mean, is it the, the the Tennessee DBs? Is it that they're that bad, and the New England defense is just that bad, or is it that we're beginning to see the emergence of a true superstar in in Deshaun Watson?
1: I mean, it's special and magical. I mean, so, you know I mean, how I feel about Deshaun Watson. And it's—I mean, look—I mean, I still think there could be some bumps in the road along the way. There certainly will be. But boy, I mean, I think right now he looks—he looks like a starting—he looks like a QB one to me. So I mean, he is a special talent, and they've surrounded him with good players and a good defense. You know, we said all along that Deshaun Watson. I mean, we've been crowing about Deshaun Watson since two years ago, when I said it was going to take an RG three style trade for somebody to trade up and get him. He goes out and wins another national championship, and for some reason, the NFL sours on him primarily because of a oh, weaker arm strength from and, and the and, velocity and, numbers and, at the and, combine. And, yeah, we and, were inside
0: and- that combine, and we said maybe it looked like there was a you know we get to sit inside Lucas Oil and report back to Roster Watch Nation on all this stuff, and we chart those plays. We yeah. said maybe there was a little lack of zip, but it wasn't anything that really, you know. Well, he
1: was throwing ultra-precise balls, which we've told, right. you know, folks for a long time he was very capable of. But it was a little weak, and, you know, it's the style of offense, I guess, that he was coming out of. Nonetheless, you know, we've loved Deshaun Watson for a long time, and what we said coming into the uh, out of the draft was that, you know, Rick Smith getting Deshaun Watson and Deontay Foreman, those were two really, really good picks by him as you know he's been a struggling GM for a long time and you know what a steal I mean look it wasn't an RG3 style trade but they still had to trade two first rounders to move up to what was it 10 or 12 to get him but that was that's historically that was an absolute steal for the Texans I mean that that was that's the kind of value that you're looking for if you are going to wait on quarterback like Rick Smith has and I mean he we said all along like he's the quarterback that's most ready to play as a rookie, and the Texans are the team that are most likely to need a, their rookie to play this year versus Mahomes or Trubisky uh, or any of these other guys. And I don't know, we're seeing it manifest. And look, I mean, Deshaun Watson—he's the—he was on last week's waiver wire uh, cheat sheet. Um, he's been on there for a while. Hell, he was at the bottom of the draft, draft cheat sheet because right. in deep leagues, we knew this was a real possibility. And that was back in August. So he's right now he's at the top of the waiver wire cheat sheet uh, for week five uh, for the quarterbacks. It's a thin uh, waiver wire uh, week for the quarterbacks as we're heading into the buys. And, of course, we, you know, preface this show with the litany of injuries that have uh, just It's been a barrage to owners. And so it's a thin week at quarterback, but there's some good options at the top. And, you know, Watson, he's at home. It's against the Chiefs. You're a little bit concerned about that. Um, but he's got another home game next week. And, you know, the main thing is I think Watson is a guy you're looking at now. He could be he could be your answer on the season at the quarterback position. And and likely a guy, you know, kinda like Cam Newton, even though I like his situation better than Cam Newton's, and I'm not gonna go banana on Cam after this. What happened this last week, I still think there's some concerns there, but I think he's just a guy that you could pick up and you might just have to play him every single week and take the waves of production that come with it. But I truly do think Watson is a guy that you can look at not only for a solution this week, but maybe as a solution to a quarterback situation, a quandary that you may be having for the rest of the season.
0: All right, so, I mean, you talked about Cam. That was another thing I was going to ask you about, but we don't need to go that much farther into that. For me, I'm still taking a wait-and-see with Cam. I think, personally, I cannot wait to fire up Jameis Winston, to fire up Mike Evans, to fire up whoever I have against this this horrible Patriots defense on Thursday. No, um, it looks looks to be an absolute smash spot for those guys, and I just I with with Cam, I'm gonna have to see it versus some better opponents before I I'm really trusting him again in my lineups. Um, just a couple other quick things I just wanted to get your thoughts on, and I'm sure that you might be addressing these in the next pod. But um, Jay Ajayi, we've talked about him as a guy that could be a possible buy low. Uh, comes in pretty. I mean, I don't know if he. I I that's 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 one game I watched back. Um, and when I watched it back, it you know it it wasn't really quite as bad as I thought that it might be uh, on the full review with how Jay Ajay looked. Um, where where are you on him? I'm at the point where like in one league I own Alvin Kamara. And I'm interested in seeing if I might be able to move Alvin Kamara for a Jay Ajayi. Are you still interested in trying to buy low on, even buy even lower now on Jay Ajayi? Or are you significantly worried that, you know, he hasn't produced in a couple of pretty good spots so far?
1: Uh, you should tune in tomorrow with the rest of Roster Watch Nation to find out.
0: <laughs> okay. And then also, what the hell,
1: uh, speaking of Alvin, Kam- Alvin Kamara, um, is that what we call him now? Is Kamara? It seems like universally that's what's happened.
0: No, no, we've. Been, I've been saying Kamara ever since he ever since he said at training camp, "My name is Alvin Kamara, <laughs> not Kamara." So I figure as long as we as 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 long as he says that's his name, it's kind of it's 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 kind of fucked up because if you watched him in college, all the announcers called him Alvin Kamara, you know. And generally what the SID does at the school, I guess they didn't do it at Tennessee, but generally what they do is they give, at least the people who are broadcasting the game, a little, like a little sheet that has all the pronunciations for all the names that might need, um, that that they might need help with, you know? And yeah, Alvin, Alvin, Uh, Camara was all called Alvin I mean we all call him Alvin Camara because that's what the announcers all called him on the film of him that we watched back in college but yeah man his name is Alvin Camara Um, and so kind of with him coming on and with it seeming like it's a Mark Ingram um, Mark Ingram, Alvin Camara backfield there for sure Adrian Peterson left in the dust what do you think the chances are of him going up to the new york giants or the minnesota vikings or or one of these teams that's had running back injuries do you think that's a possibility or is that just cockamamie
1: i mean i think that they don't need him they don't use him it's probably cockamamie but that's that's what (laughs) that's what that's what folks do when things like this happen and that's just generally NFL fans and NFL Twitter and draft Twitter and fantasy Twitter and everything up and down and around is pretty cockamamie. But uh, I, I, the Minnesota thing, I, I think maybe is a little bit possible. You know, I would imagine he left there on good terms and Zimmer's a professional. I think it's possible. But they the problem is they've paid Latavius Murray. So I think it makes it unlikely. And then I'll tell you what, if I was him, I wouldn't want to go to the Giants if I saw that line. And you know, I I think that anybody who might be targeting Wayne Gallman this week is certainly hoping that he doesn't go to New York either. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: I'll be interested. To, like, let's just get into the waiver wire cheat sheet. I'll be interested to hear what you have to say about. I mean, a lot of my questions about this week. I'm just trying to think about things that stood out to me, and just with the, with all the injuries, it's just you know, it's a it's uh, it, it's it, it's a huge week on the waiver well, wire. I think it's it's going to be probably. I mean, I'm trying to think back if there's been a bigger week on the waiver wire. Week one's always pretty big because we get to see how situations really shake out, you know, after week one. Well, I, you
1: know, I think this is a week. It's an important week. I think it's a week that's big because of the injuries and because of the buys and because of some people's teams starting to struggle right now and they really need a, a boost or a, you know, a jolt of life at which can be had through the waiver wire. Um, but I also think it's a week where, man, you're, you're going to, there's a, you got to, it's, it's getting the right guys. A few of these guys in this week are going to hit pretty big. They really, really are. But I think there's going to be a handful of these guys that, you know, flop and go the way to the dodo bird, uh, you know, pretty quickly. So hopefully we're able to help you out with that from the way that it's been arranged this week. And Alex, if you don't mind, I'd like to start with the running back specifically tier one and tier two.
0: All right, let's do it.
1: Okay. So Alex has touched on it. Um, Alvin Kamara, I am still absolutely shocked that he's not owned in more than 50% of leagues globally. He's the, uh, at the very top of the, uh, waiver wire cheat sheet, continues to be at the top has been there. Um, Alex has been on this one all along. Uh, you know, this is – a Sean, Sean Payton loves a running back like this. Even in a three-man backfield, this was something that was going to come home to roost. And look, I mean, you know, the Darren Sproles thing in the Sean Par- Payton era there for a while, there wasn't – it didn't really turn out to the fantasy production that you really wanted. But the fact is Alvin Kamara has got a lot of juice, and he's a much bigger player. I mean, this is a guy that – I really liked in my pre-draft, you know, evaluations. And so it, it looks and funny,
0: like... And funny, I didn't. And then when we got yeah. into Dynasty Talk, I liked him and you didn't. <laughs> so Not it's that just, I
1: didn't like him. It's right. that I liked your boy, Deontay Foreman, even more. Right. It's just the way... This thing is twisted, folks. You know, this whole yep. fucking thing is twisted. <laughs> Jesus, man. There's, and there's so, levels I'm a Camara. And, you know, one thing we've tried to do, I be, you know, with with the cheat sheets the waiver wire cheat sheet is you know these things are really 0.5 ppr so i try to take in mind that we have a lot of players more players than not that uh, play in ppr leagues and and is obviously a nice asset in that situation and, and just bottom line he should be owned in all leagues and you know he's he's pretty pretty damn playable moving forward Um,
0: Do you worry? Do you worry at all? Just about Alvin Kamara? I'm going to rosterwatch.com right now to the snap counts, touches, and targets tool. I mean, I know there was the. I think it was something crazy, like ten. Yeah, ten targets. You know, uh, he caught all ten of those balls. Only five rushes. Do you worry at all that he's that he right now is only seeing about thirty five percent of the snap share? You know that that was what it was last week. Let's see if. Let's see if the in week three it looks like his snap share was 29 percent in week two the snap sh- I just I'll, I want to see if there's a trend where if it's like an uptick or what in week two 26 percent yeah so I, I think his snap share is ticking up you know 26 percent 29 percent now 35 percent this thing as Adrian Pe- and look at Adrian Peterson's numbers correspondingly you know since week two. To you know 20 25% 24% 8%. So it's a corresponding trend for Adrian Peterson getting phased out. I think this thing's trending towards a 60 40 with Mark Ingram and and Alvin Kamara with just a little dose of, of Adrian Peterson sprinkled in in my we- inner Alvin Kamara homer totally wanting Adrian Peterson out of there so it can just it can get completely to that level.
1: We always talk about Tevin Coleman type situations and I think this is one that's certainly shaping up like that, which in PPR was like low end R B one last year and this year a little bit of a tick back. Interesting to note that it does seem like Steve Sarkeesian is more than Shanahan willing to let Freeman be like just a little bit more of a workhorse, but you know, Coleman with another good this is. But week, Coleman when he, week, touch, yeah, when he gets his touch when he gets his touches,
0: he's sick. Yeah.
1: Well, like and, I said, Te- and, tevin and the others- Tevin. Tevin Coleman about 18 months away from getting a free agent contract offer that the Falcons won't be able to match and dynasty owners of Tevin Coleman will absolutely rejoice.
0: Oh god, I'm going to rejoice in at least in my serious XDM uh, dynasty experts league, I I own both those guys. You know, I got put in a situation where I had to draft, you know, I drafted That's like a stock as, split. Yeah, dude. That's so like for a stock me, it's split. going to be money. Oh god.
1: <laughs> That's the kind of monster you can only pray for in a Dynasty. Yeah. But we don't pray for those things. We go out year-round and scout for them, and we make this shit happen, folks. Yep. All right. Alex, what do you think about Elijah McGuire? This was an all-very interesting to parse out here the rest of the way in this top tier. I think it's a very interesting tier. I think there's some guys that are going to pay off big here. we got to get the right ones. What do you think about Elijah McGuire?
0: I I, I, I watched back that game. I watched it back today when I was doing our our goal line and end zone targets report that comes out on Thursdays for our pro members. Speaking of that, another guy up on the cheat sheet I'm sure we'll get to eventually, uh, Will Fuller four end zone targets this last game. He's, he, he has, so basically, as soon as I get the averages done for the per game stuff coming into week five, he'll have by far, uh, on, albeit on a limited sample, by far the most end zone and goal line targets uh, per game on the year. Um, but anyway, back to Elijah McGuire. I, I, I was watching back the goal line and end zone target stuff. And, uh, dude, I'll tell you, man, I wasn't big on Elijah McGuire coming out. Um, he wasn't anybody who I paid particularly uh, a, a lot of attention to through the training camp process, uh, because he, he wasn't a prospect who we had who we had done really done much work on at all. But he's 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 fast. He's he's explosive. It seems to me like he's got he's got pretty you know pretty good vision and suddenness. I, I, I you know it's it's really hard to tell on the on the limited sample of what we saw. But here's here's what matters. Is that one? Matt Forte is old and going to stay hurt, right? I mean, he's going to stay pretty hurt.
1: I mean, I think there's a good chance of it.
0: I think that there's a chance that, look, Bilal Powell's sneaky old, right? Bilal Powell's old.
1: Well, and he's you probably, like probably going like to get hurt. You like him in spots. You like him in spots. You like him in, especially in PPR spots. What we know uh, is that uh, he – uh, A is heavy he,
0: workload for Bilal Powell is never going to be sustainable. No,
1: it's not sustainable. It's short-lived, but you like it in spots, and we just saw it. And so, I mean, you just say, man, you know, this is one of those ones that's a hit or miss, but, I mean, it's – there's a lot – I think there's a potentially – pretty legitimate upside with elijah mcguire and look it may be a prospect that we hadn't done a, a, a ton of work on uh you know but guys like we trust in the industry you know josh norris and folks like that you know they were pretty high on elijah mcguire so i mean you got 100, 131
0: some, yards on 12 touches i mean
1: some, sometimes you got to factor in the intelligence of the community that's done a massive amount of work in whole and elijah mcguire certainly Has some loyalists out there in the scouting and the draft community. So opportunity there. I think it's one of those guys that um, you don't have to bid on him. He's at the top of the sheet. Come to rosterwatch.com. Come check out the Week 5 waiver wire cheat sheet to see exactly how we have Elijah Elijah McGuire slated on here. But he's not a guy you have to get, but he is at the top, so he's a guy you have to look at. Kind of just, I guess, run through the rest of this here. We hate Latavius Murray. I come, hate
0: Latavius. Come
1: check out the sheet to see where we have him slated. I w- we will say he's, <laughs> he's in tier number one. He's in tier number one, but you're going to have to see how we have this parsed out. I'm sure it's going to be different than any other waiver wire list that you look at on the internet today or watch on TV. Uh, well, we've spent time at Seattle Seahawks training camp this summer. We told you from the very get-go it was a full-blown running back by committee that – we really wanted to avoid – you know, most of our intelligence from there has shaped up pretty well. That line has been a disaster, but Russell Wilson has been a – he's QB4 on the season right now. He's been a monster like the last two weeks and pretty really good the After last three. After getting off to a horrible start. Yeah, slow starts I mean, yeah, the yeah, slow, slow start, start. doctrine that Alex yeah. always lays out for them. The only <laughs> thing that hasn't come home to roost quite yet is Jimmy Graham. I, I, I'm not sure it's – Gonna be something reliable, but I think we saw the uptick this week. I, I think we're gonna start to see that percolate a little bit too. It's a slow start in Seattle, but you know, mainly, uh, you know, what we came away with, I would say from Seattle, was a CJ Prosize kind of prior to the emergence of Chris Carson, and you know, look, he was good in camp, but he wasn't set to catapult to the top of the depth chart yet just because they were, you know, stacked with the veterans and pro size kind of had the two minute role and, you know, Lacey was getting a lot of reps, but the one thing you could really tell is that, you know, Thomas Rawls is their guy. It's the guy the fans love. It's kind of like he's the, he's the, the team just loves him. He's the guy, and he was getting a Well, did you lot- hear
0: Pete Carroll after the game saying with Chris Carson banged up, you know, we're just so lucky to have a guy like Thomas who's healthy, who's ready to go, who can step in. Most teams don't have that luxury, blah, blah, all this stuff like that. No mention of Eddie Lacy, but my question is, well, why, does, why, why the hell was Thomas Rawls the healthy scratch and fat Eddie Lacy is the one who's, who's active on game day? I don't know. I think that the whole thing in Seattle is so convoluted, man, and now we have the J.D. McKissick stuff to worry about.
1: Like, yeah, what, I like, think that's I, his pro size is banged banged up. I mean, I think I think if ProSize can get help like, – so a couple things here. I mean, look, Lacey got the touches this last week, but I just don't think he's their guy. He's not. You know what I mean? He's, he's no not good. He's not he's no good. He's not their guy. Rawls is their guy. He's like their home. He's like he's the guy that they developed. They farmed him up there, kind of on their own land in their in their own house there in Seattle. So I think Thomas Rawls is the guy. It sounds like Carol is it sounds like his comments kind of speak in that direction. Look, it could be still it's still likely to be a full-blown running back by committee, but I think we have a chance here for Rawls to come in and get a hot hand and kind of be a 1A or 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 claim a pretty good, you know, role in that rushing offense. That could happen. If so, that's got pretty pretty big upside. I mean, even if he starts to do what we thought Chris Carson was about to do, that would be a pretty good a player on your team and look Carson was still going to be in a little bit of a timeshare there. And you know, the other thing is Prosize. I think Prosize now has a clearer path to resuming his role from last year if he can get healthy, which it looks like he's on track to. So uh, for pro, now, yeah, I'm, starting yeah, I mean, get, I'm
0: starting I'm I'm starting to think Prosize is just too injury prone. Yeah,
1: I th- I think that's could very possibly the case. Uh, but he has a clearer path right now to resuming his role from last year, which in stretches was really, really nice. So like we said, I think there's going to be some hit or miss, miss guys this week. He's one of them. You know, Fortunately, I don't think prosize is one that you uh, will have to you know, spend too much time on. Um, and then before I move on to running back tier two, which I think is a really interesting one, I'm just going to mainly have you – I'm interested in your thoughts about it. Um, Aaron Jones for the Packers. I think if you need a play this week, he's a very solid pickup. If Montgomery and Jamal Williams were going to be out longer, he probably would have been at the top of the sheet. If you love him that much or you're in really desperate need for play this week, you know, I think you can look at giving him a bump. Uh, that's Aaron Jones, rookie running back you, for the Green do, Bay Packers. Do you remember how
0: good Aaron Jones was at UTEP? Yeah, he's a good he was, player. He was, he was like him. the best player to ever go to that program. I mean, part of, I part mean, of,
1: part of of you know, Jamal Williams. Hasn't uh, looked good. Yeah, and he had a little bit, you know, there were some holes in the pre-draft process for him, even though we liked his tape. And so once the with the emergence of Aaron Jones arm on the Dynasty rookie draft cheat sheet, You know, Jamal Williams was still in a place where we would still get him, but we weren't going to have overexposure, and Aaron Jones was the guy that got bumped up a little bit because, you know, you always know in the Packers' backfield it's going to be five running backs that play that year. It's just the way that it goes, you know, historically. And we know that Aaron Jones, just as well as Jamal Williams, were good college players. And so Jones looked all right. Aaron Rodgers has expressed confidence in him. If you need a play this week, he's high on the cheat sheet. um, Is a guy uh, to take a flyer on. And then, you know, Wayne Gallman.
0: And and just let me also say the one other thing before you get to to Gallman, just about Aaron Jones. Before that game started – I forget who the announcers were in the game whenever Ty Montgomery got hurt, but was, was that a Thursday night game?
1: Thursday night. it was night. a
0: Thursday, yeah. Um, so that, I mean, it might have been Collinsworth. I forget who it was. But they said that when they were there prep doing their game prep, that this was a game where Aaron Jones was going to get a lot more run anyway they were set to let Aaron Jones kind of get a shot to, to be kind of like a 1B there to Ty Montgomery because as we'd worried about, they wanted to reduce uh, Ty, Ty Montgomery's usage from that unsustainable 90, you know, 95% per, uh, per, uh, snap participation. So that kind of gave me the idea, even before the Jamal Williams injury, that maybe Aaron Jones was doing something in practice to um, maybe just doing something in practice that uh, per, perhaps Jamal Williams wasn't doing to, to kind of uh, raise a few eyebrows. So just I think he might be a little more
1: explosive, a little more pop-to-his-step kind of player, which fits what that offense does kind of uh, spreading you out. So, yeah, Wayne Gallman coming out of Clemson, a player with a nice college career, certainly a player with his own share of truthers and loyalists out of there. A player, that did, a player that <laughs> A player that did not fare well. Uh, in the pre-draft process yep. and a player whose tape, if you watched him in, in given his body type, kind of a little more of an upright, a little more slender, even though the, the size is okay. Just, just the, the build's not exactly what you love for running back. He was a player who went down far too easily on first contact on his college film. And that rarely, rarely bodes well, uh, for an NFL running back, uh, However, Wayne Gallman makes tier one of the week five waiver wire cheat sheet available at rosterwatch.com this week. Uh for are, you, those, are, you,
0: are you are you are you done with Paul Perkins?
1: Yeah, I mean he's he's banged up and he's looked terrible. Look, uh, n- we, yeah, I mean, no. Are you, are, per- are you just
0: are you just done with Paul Perkins? Yeah, I mean, he done. was a, like done. I'm done. Done. I'm done with him. He looks so he looks so bad. Yeah, he's a even, a if, he's, he, even if he didn't get hurt. I still would have been done with yeah, him after done. watching that watching would, that Tampa Bay game.
1: Would have been done with Perkins before that. I mean, he just doesn't look like an NFL running back back there. That's okay. That's okay. You got you put your if you ever if you own Paul Perkins, you put yourself in position to have a starting running back in the NFL. The guy couldn't in cut round it. nine or ten. The guy couldn't you know, cut it. The draft. offensive line isn't good um, there. Feels like the offense is heating up a little bit. And what I'll say is, I think so. Gallman – he. I I hesitate to say he looked good. He he looked the best. He looked like he had the most pop to his step of all the Giants running backs. They're struggling. The cupboard is completely barren there. And I think his skill set, if the Giants are going to spread it out, kind of like we just said about the Packers and Aaron Jones, if the Giants are going to, and look, it's the same offense, Ben McAdoo. Uh, If they're going to spread it out, I think there's an, a chance here that Wayne Gallman really, truthfully, is the best option there. So again, this is a it could this could be a boom bust waiver wire pickup, but he's at the top of the sheet. Look, we're not we're we're instructing you. If you go uh, look at the percentage free agent budget bid that we're recommending to use on him, we're not instructing you to go crazy on him. We want you to be prudent here. But if you're in need of a flyer uh at or the running back position maybe where you're weak, I would say that he 's a guy that you can look at taking a swing at you know taking a swing at and if it hits he could he could be a you know a solid player he could be the what if he turns into what Paul Perkins owners were hoping he was going to turn into this year that would be some kind of like r b three or flex option you know that's that's that would help a lot of people out um down the especially, stretch. And yeah, especially the
0: given the I mean like right now, man. Uh it's tough it's 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 tough out here in these running back streets, man. Like it's it's tough right now, dude. There's been some big injuries.
1: It is. And so that brings me to tier two uh, of the uh free agent running backs on our waiver wires this week. I, I boy, just think this
0: is a deep waiver wire cheat sheet. There's probably about Probably about a hundred players on here, so definitely deeper than any other list of like a top five or something you'll see anywhere else. But yeah, and it's all it's all laid out for for members for people who aren't members. It's all laid out in the same way as as, as the waiver wire cheat sheet, very visual and or this, the same way as the the draft cheat sheet, very visual and intuitive.
1: So for some reason, tier two just struck me as a really odd odd group of bedfellas and, <laughs> they are, that, this, you this know, is as an risk. odd group of bedfellows, but for some reason they all kind of you know, kind of like almost birds of a feather a little bit in a way, and you know, I think they deserve their positioning on the cheat sheet, and so I'm just curious what you think about that tier, Alex.
0: Well, one of the main guys on the tier is Andre Ellington, who I've had my eye on personally myself. I might have even considered putting him. I'm I'm not a I'm not a uh, I'm not a, a swindling Greek pricing king like our co-founder here Byron Lambert. So um, I'm not always the best at identifying exactly where the value lies, as far as these um, fantasy football transactions. But I think in a I mean I just I think in a um, in a PPR you know in a in a PPR setup I think Andre Ellington is very interesting simply because. Look, ever since David Johnson has gone out for those Cardinals, they they've just they've basically abandoned the run game. I mean, Carson Palmer looks like he's absolutely washed. This guy is toast, but he's still putting up decent fantasy numbers just on volume. I mean, like look at the number of targets from this game. I mean, Andre Ellington got 14 targets in this game. Jerron Brown got 12 targets. FitzGerald got 7 targets. John Brown got 6 targets. I mean, even have guys like Gresham getting a target you have Chris Johnson getting three i mean three targets J- you know JJ Nelson four tar- like they they're throwing this shit out of the football and it seems like as as um Carson Palmer's arm and his game as a quarterback has deteriorated and as that and as that uh, that uh Bruce Arians offense in um in Arizona does what I'm pretty confident is going, is, is its is its death rattle to take a, a a term from from fight club i mean barn don't you think the arians is probably going to get canned after this year everything's gone sideways the offensive line's terrible uh, it doesn't seem like they're going to win too many football games i mean they can't get anything going offensively they're going to be they're they're about to be in complete quarterback purgatory um do you i mean is, is that sort of how you, is, is that sort of how you see it? this is already looking like it's going to be a lost season for the arizona cardinals
1: yeah, but I'm mainly shocked to hear your perspective on Andre Ellington. I mean, to tell you the it's truth, it's going to be
0: it's going to be it's going to, to it's gonna be target after target to, after target to, for well, that guy.
1: To tell you the truth, the only reason I didn't put him higher on the sheet was because I could keep hearing you in my head <laughs> saying, "God damn it,
0: what the fuck <laughs> I mean, were you doing?" <laughs> we're gonna get look, the we're gonna look, get the look, Ellington banana in the tailpipe again. Come on, I man, think man, we've we
1: I think we've all been itching to see. The healthy Andre Ellington, at some point in this offense, yeah. and never came home been, to roost. We've been
0: bugging and, Steve Kahn about it for five years now.
1: So you know what? That makes me think that he's in the exact right spot on the cheat sheet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like it. I, 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 I definitely like him, sort of perched atop, uh, at, atop this next group. I guess as I look at the others, that you know, I, I mean. I mean, I think that Alex Collins, and again, you could come come to rosterwatch.com and see how these guys are, they're, how they're ordered. Alex Collins is another guy who's an interesting, as you said, what'd you say? Some weird bedfellows. Interesting uh, bedfellows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Alex Collins was like, I loved Alex Collins coming out, for one, Um I would always predicted that he would end up a Baltimore Raven once I saw the writing on the wall that Chris Carson was likely to take the fourth running back spot there in Seattle. I said, hello, Alex Collins, to the Ravens. Look, I mean, I think, he, I think he's probably got to be owned. I think that everybody's going to talk about his yards per carry stuff. I mean, here's the, other, here's the thing, though, man. Like he's, he's fumbled twice, too. You know, two games, two fumbles. If that continues, I don't. I don't see. I don't.
1: And I don't see the workload his, go. I, his I, I, snap I, counts are concerning. Yeah, they were this I, last week.
0: Yeah, and I mean, people say he's 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 rushing for eight yards a carry or something like that. But the fact is, he's only had a total of like twenty-one carries. You know, and the the snap counts are concerning. Terrence West is still there. I. Think that he's in pos- Alex Collins is in position to take Terrence West's job because Terrence West looks washed, right? There yeah, still is Buck Allen's still there. Um, I like Buck Allen better in a PPR, but I-, I do think that Alex Collins should probably be probably be owned. I mean, he's he's popped and flashed big time, and boy, that is just a that is just a a, a Ravens roster that is in absolute need of playmakers. Man, I was watching back that game a little bit earlier today. And noted yet another end zone target for Brashad Perriman, who I have not heard a peep from this season. I wonder if that guy at this point is ever going to come on as any kind of difference maker. I mean, they're having to target idiots like Michael Campanero and, and Chris Matthews and stuff like that in the end zone and down at the goal line. I mean, this is a team where a guy like Alex Collins, who at one point was a very, very good prospect... I think he probably should be able to emerge and make a name for himself. I think that the ad at this point is a little bit speculative, as you'll see. We're not recommending you spend much on him, but I think he should probably be, probably be owned. Uh, I think more so in standard than in PPR. As I mentioned, I like Buck Allen a lot better in PPR. He's not on the cheat sheet, as he was uh, likely more than 50% owned by now, but certainly uh, a fixture on previous cheat sheets before he was. Uh, what, what was your thinking about Alex Collins slotting?
1: I mean, I think you outlined it perfectly, really. And, I mean, again, that tells me I think that we have them uh, in the exact right place. And I'd say if you guys want to see where the other running backs are listed on here in Tier 2 of the uh, running back waiver wire editions for the Week 5 waiver wire cheat sheet, come check it out at rosterwatch.com. But all that Ravens talk, Alex, got me thinking about a perfect transition into some Ravens wide receiver talk. (laughs) uh for this week's as bi-week nightmares begin to hit teams look i mean mike wallace hasn't been any kind of viable option on the season but when you go look at his snap counts he's at the top of the heap for the ravens and it feels like he has a good matchup this week against the raiders
0: feels like yeah i mean i I haven't made the matchup tool yet but i'm sure i mean yeah it's, it's it's been it's been a terrific matchup yeah for sure man
1: so i was in i was actually interested i mean mike wallace on the see on the snap counts let me pull that up again it was i mean you just uh, look at I'm, it and you say
0: I'm, I'm i'm looking at this and like i said i just got done doing end zone targets for him. mike wallace with two goal line and end zone targets in this last game so it seems like his. Seems like his usage, at least, you know, that's the first time all season he's been targeted even once in the end zone. So, looks like his usage could be at least shifting in a in a good way. Of course, that's just a one-game sample, but at least it's kind of something. You know, something yeah, I, to go I'd along with. Yeah, I'd just say if you're constantly. in
1: a pinch this week, I think this is one of the few weeks of the year you can legitimately look uh, at, you know, Mike Wallace off the waiver wire for a, a wooden nickel or, you know, obviously maybe pick him up for – probably pick him up for nothing – Uh, on Wednesday morning. Um, A few other observations on the wide receiver column of the waiver wire cheat sheet this week. Uh, Devin Funchess actually was the highest snap count, wide receiver snap count on the Panthers this week and, and the most targets by, at least of the wide receivers by a significant amount. I was actually a little bit concerned after last week and Kelvin Benjamin's quick return that maybe I'd had Funchess, a little bit too high on last week's cheat sheet. Um this it felt like a little bit of vindication on Sunday. And when I saw his snap counts and I saw his target share, I had to move him I had to bump him up from kind of a another value pickup this week to up, you know, up closer to Will Fuller uh territory. I you know, I think right now Devin Funches is a guy that Deserves a long look. I mean, he was, he's a guy that we always liked his talents, and, but we knew it was going to be a two-, two or three-year project, and maybe this is the spot uh, where it pays off. It certainly did for anybody who, who picked him up and played him last week.
0: Do you know off the top of your head who the Texans have next week?
1: Yeah, it's uh, somebody at home that I like for their defense. Oh, Kansas
0: City, I think. Kansas no, it's, Ca- oh, it's Kansas City,
1: City this week. I thought you meant the following week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Kansas yeah, City it's this Can- week.
0: At Can- home. Kansas City. I wonder. I, I'd like to as we get closer to the as we get closer to the weekend and for all the DFS stuff, I'd I'd like to look and see what side Will Fuller lined up on the most this last game I know he caught one of his touchdowns lined up on the right side and he caught the other lined up on the left side I want to see how often that dude's going to be on on Marcus Peters because his I mean I'll tell you what man will fuller yeah I I, th- I think honestly I think that that offensive explosion from the um from the from the Houston Texans had a whole lot to do with the matchup. I think it had a whole lot to do with Deshaun Washington being actually good. You know, I think it had a lot to do with the. Um, I think it had a lot to do with the return of Will Fuller. I think that he does. I think that he does a whole lot for that offense, for the the the, the attention that you have to give him, and, and what it takes away from from DeAndre Hopkins. I I just I think Will Fuller has turned out to be. Uh, now that his hands have gotten better he's turned out to be just you know every bit of the player that i think that they were expecting whenever you know a lot of people thought they they might have reached for him late late in the first round what 2 years ago now so well a couple so, things to note really, to note, really big impact on that offense
1: yeah i'd say a couple things to note with fuller i mean it was two touchdowns this week from for his fantasy production i believe so you know i'm you know i'm not we'd like to see more moretar- more yardage obviously yeah out but of him. i mean
0: he got yeah but he got targeted twice more in or no one of his what, what you know yeah he got targeted twice more in the in in the end zone and also drew a drew a uh, drew a a big um defensive pass interference i think
1: I'm, so, I'm just I mean, saying, like for people, big, looking at, people that right. are looking at like his point total from this week, just keep in mind that well, yeah, a lot yeah, of that, yeah. a lot go of that came, Will it's I be, got a lot of things. Right. Yeah, it it's came gonna gonna from be an two touchdowns. Well, is, and the other thing to remember, deal. too, is um, and granted, he, he's in his second year now, and we ex- generally expect quite a rather large leap for wide receivers from year one to year two. But last year, same thing. He came out of the gate super strong. Was was at the very top of waiver wire pickup lists, and people ran out, picked him up, got him, and then his season completely petered off after that. So you know it's I'm, we like him. He's at the top of the heap this week, and a guy that should absolutely be owned in every single league. And look, if you believe Deshaun Watson is electric as he looks, then you have to like Will Fuller for the rest of the season. So um, definitely worth a, a, a long look, and then. um as far as the receivers, Alex, just I wanted to kind of turn to the rookies, to this year's rookies. Talking about Will Fuller as a rookie last year, um, coming into year two, looking like a real bright spot for the Texans. Some rookies this year on the waiver wire cheat sheet um, in the value tier. A bunch of guys you can go pluck off your wire for next to nothing this week. Uh, look, Zay Jones, the trash man's favorite wide receiver at the Senior Bowl this year. A, a really sick player. We know he's a good prospect. Has struggled mightily uh, to begin the season. Look, but it, he's he's getting the opportunities out there. And when I I was gonna just keep him at the very bottom of the sheet, kind of down with a John Ross, just somebody that you kind of keep your eye on. But, we'll keep.
0: But then you remember that Jordan Matthews got. But hurt. then
1: you see that Jordan Matthews is out indefinitely, and you just say, man. He. The, he's gonna get targeted and I, I don't know if he can put it all together or not but Zay Jones is talented and like this is one of the main proposition propositions of roster watch every single year is to go we go find out this is where we're different we don't just crunch numbers we go find out who the actually like good football players are the sick and the talented uh, football players and we figure out where the good spots are for him, who's in the good spots for these good players. And that's what we like in fantasy are good football players that are in good real life situations for fantasy production. And look, I mean, it doesn't always work out, but Zay Jones certainly fits that bill. And we know with these young wide receivers, sometimes it's that year two leap, but sometimes it just take, sometimes these guys turn into year two receivers after the first half of the season you know they just have to get something under their belt and so Zay Jones got you know still down in the value tier but a guy that I think we need to have on our radar if we're looking uh, for a deep play um at wide receiver this week and then um a few others of the rookies I mentioned John Ross look he's a nuclear option we haven't seen anything yet he's been ultra injury prone uh he's a guy we've just continued to keep at the bottom of the sheet, and, I, and he, he is there again this week. We just want to keep him in your in your mind. He needs to be on your mind because this offense is the
0: Bengals don't have any. They don't have any receiving weapons outside they, of AJ Green. They, they ser- don't. They, they have don't. to throw the ball to Tyler Croft like six times yesterday. Like and, like you know Brandon LaFell is. I mean he the trash man has always loved him. I've always thought that guy sucks. Like I mean Tyler d- Boyd hasn't done anything to show that he's you know anything but a you know, a, a, a polished route runner who might not be explosive enough to play at the NFL level. Um, you know, John, John Ross is, I mean, the minute he gets healthy, they're going to have to get him. They're going to have to get him involved.
1: And don't you think that offense looks like it's rounding in a shape and lo- it just looks better?
0: Oh God. I mean, yes, the difference under bill laser has been absolutely night and day from Zamp
1: And I think Ross is a guy who fits what laser likes to do a lot. Just a guy we need to keep on the bottom of the sheet. And that, that, that brings me – I actually wanted to – forgot to mention this on last week's Waiver Wire podcast, and I. but I think it was probably a week too early. Hell, we're probably still a week too early here. Uh, but uh, another rookie wide receiver that's been at the bottom of the sheet every week, for those of you who've noticed, for those of you who come every week to rosterwatch.com to set your Waiver Wire claims like an expert using the um, – quickly using the Waiver Wire cheat sheet in just a few minutes every Tuesday um, – Chargers rookie Mike Williams when nobody else has been talking about him when Tyrell Williams loyalists and truthers and Chargers fans have laughed us out of the building for our takes on Mike Williams I didn't care I just kept my head down and we've kept him on the bottom of the cheat sheet <laughs> every single week because we want to keep him in your mind we want to keep him in your mind and look he's still at the bottom the the, the, the event has not occurred yet. So he's still at the bottom, but I just want to make sure that this is out there so this is all on the record so that you guys were well aware. This is a player we need to pay attention to. And look, I don't know if he's going to be the kind of guy that can go win you your league or something this year. But here's the thing, man. He's healthy, very close to healthy and very close to playing. And look, I know Tyrell Williams finally had the big breakout game this week but he hadn't done much shit on the on the season and he's and he's
0: not going to go up and win 50 50 balls in the end zone
1: And, and and what i can tell you from being at chargers camp the last two years from seeing mike williams in person is that the chargers simply do not have they don't have another body or another wide receiver like him they don't have a player like him they just don't He's he 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 is an element to that offense to that Arsenal that they do not have. And listen, the Chargers are 0 and 4. So what incentive do they have to keep their number 7 pick in the first round? Mike Williams on the bench once he's ready to go. I think he's a player that Philip Rivers could desperately use right now. And so look, I You know, let's see what happens. But Mike Williams, we've said it, we've said it, we've said it, that they have a bye in, what, week nine? And so we've said all we said that coming out of that bye in week 10, we expect that could be the time when Mike Williams starts to take a bigger role in this offense. And now I'm starting to think we could start to see him maybe – move into sprinkled a
0: sprinkled in before slide
1: that. in before that i maybe we start seeing josh doxson's st- type snaps
0: oh, man what, a, for, what a, for mike what a, williams what a disappointment that was in the monday night game that he was you heard john gruden talking about you know, because i always said i even tweeted it out at roster watch i said you always get good insight on what Jay Gruden thinks about players from what John Gruden says on his broadcasts, and he kept saying, "Like I think, right here, you got to go to your best 50-50 ball player. You got to go to your best, uh, your your best option on contested balls. That guy on this team is definitely Josh Doxson. All this, he got his chance at the very end of the game to win the game on a game winner. He, it it was right in his hands. I've never seen Josh Doxson drop that football. I have never seen Josh Doxson drop that football. It was so discouraging." Especially for all my like all the action I had on him in the in, in the prime time Monday through Thursday slate on DraftKings
1: because that just feels like it could have catapulted his role. Yes, and I need it in my leagues. I've got him on my bench in a couple leagues, and oh, that's just that. You know what? That's the bumps and bruises, and not having had any damn playing time. Yeah, that's a that's a big moment for somebody who just hadn't been out there enough. That's a tough lump to to take, and it's been a body blow after body blow for Docks and owners. But if I got if I got any, you know, I got a little bit of faith that he's the type of player that can absorb that. He's gonna
0: he's gonna take it. He's it gonna, take, he's, continue he's gonna move to get better.
1: On. And then last but not least, um, we've been talking about maybe buying low for him the last few weeks. Um, rookie wide receiver, probably the sickest rookie wide receiver, Corey Davis continues to be ruled out with a hamstring this week. So at this point, he's about to be on just about he's going to be Most on a of your sh- waiver wires. shitload of waiver wires so all of you that are listening that have any possible room for it just do just go pick him up you probably don't you don't even have to spend a claim you'll probably pick him up on Wednesday for free Corey davis is a sick player that needs to be owned and it might be weeks before something happens but don't just don't don't call us surprised if there's some stretch from like week nine through week 13 where he goes you know bananas and he's a must you know turns into a must start and you've got something on your hand that's really helping you down the stretch and you're Uh,
0: swindling your league mate that dropped him he was just kicking himself and pulling out his hair
1: you know doesn't that happen so often even to the good players in fantasy and it's just it's just the cycle the way things go you 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 draft players that you like that you know are good you know they're going to be good on the season but they just start slow and they kill you and you can't. Hey you're man, not...
0: Odell Beckham in 2014. I, yeah. I can just ask you about that. You're I drafted not... that dude. I had to I had to drop him. Guess who swooped in and picked him right up? Byron Lambert, who rolled me with Odell Beckham in the in our fantasy playoffs.
1: Well, you haven't forgotten that one, huh?
0: To, g- 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 forgotten? Could you ever forget that?
1: I'll uh, never forget that. I'll you t- remember that my touchdown That multi-touchdown game. Yeah. Oh, it, never! It, we watched that one. Together, it ended in my man. season
0: as 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 you went on your way to win a championship.
1: Oh so. man! So,
0: yeah, <laughs> I mean,
1: there's there's it's it's so interesting how a lot of times the person who drafted a player who ends up being really good on the season wasn't the one who was able to hold them and reap the benefits because the player got off to a slow start and killed them, and you just couldn't keep them. And then once you've let them go, once you've let them out into the river, it's a small chance that you're going to be able to. To catch him again. And they usually end up on somebody else's roster. And in that case, man, it's somebody else uh reaping the rewards. Don't don't let that happen. Um Alex
0: well, you could tell I, the barnes got fishing on the brain, man. I
1: got yeah, I do. <laughs> no, oh, let man. those fish back in the river. Oh man. I got just uh, a couple things on the tight ends, and then I'm gonna turn this thing over to you, man. All right. Uh, um our boy Evan Ingram. Uh, rookie tight end for the Giants, especially in PPR. I mean, he just needs, he's, he he needs to stay, he's at the very, continues to be at the top of the tight end waiver wire heap. He has been for some time. We've been talking about him since January. The guy's a freak and a stud and everybody was worried about, he couldn't block well enough to get the snap counts and, the Giants offense and this and that. The fact is he's getting consistent targets. He's been a consistent option every single week, especially he's in just PPR. A, he's,
0: he's just a wide receiver as far and, as his and, alignment. He doesn't he, need to learn blocking. And
1: he is he is the rare rookie tight end that looks like a viable option on the season. Uh, so Evan Ingram, New York Giants tight end. He needs to be owned. And and then that takes us to his senior bowl counterpart oj howard because look alex has a really interesting strategy i know because he's about to uh, deploy it against me in a crippled injury situation in one of our uh, big leagues during his bye week nightmare Which alex has been fielding a really good team for 2 years in a row in that league i'm pressing pressing all the right buttons right now uh but anyways it is it looks like a boon you know at, at for tampa bay buccaneers at home especially for people in a bye week situation. Um, And so, you know, anything you read still says that Cameron Brait is the tight end to own in um, Tampa Bay. And you look at his target share and you would agree with that. Uh, but, and, and camera break right at the top of this week's waiver wire tight end pickups. So you're going to want to come to rosterwatch.com and see exactly how we have him slated because it's an important play and it's one that could go big. And look, if he's on a wire in my league and I need a flex player or a tight end play, I'll certainly be looking at it because everything lines up to say at home against the Patriots and the Braits target share, and This is a solid play, and I, we, we sign off on that. We're on board with that. I thought it was interesting because O.J. Howard had the one big play for the touchdown, looked sick like he did at Alabama. But, you know, it, it, I think it was one of his only targets of the game. He's a very, very few targets for the game. But I was surprised – and maybe we shouldn't have been because we heard this coming from Bucks camp at the end of uh, August that OJ Howard actually outsnapped Cameron Brait. And so I think it's the creative, I think it's a creative idea, OJ Howard on this week's waiver wire. I think he's an interesting play in a desperation pinch at your flex spot. And I think it's trending more towards an interesting pickup potentially on the season. Look, it might just be a timeshare that's cannibalizing for both of them, and uh, doesn't it, it? It doesn't end up blossoming the way that you'd like it to. But I, I just thought that was an interesting situation to dissect, and I thought that O.J. Howard's snap counts uh, were, you know, just an interesting observation for the week.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, de- de- definitely a, a platoon there, a tight end platoon to keep an eye on in Tampa Bay, especially as you know, that offense looks like it's clicking. And I think once they get Doug Martin back, it's, it's you know even going to be all the better. All right, so do you, you got anything else to to get to on this cheat sheet, or are you gonna get back to catching some of those fish and getting ready for that for that second pod tomorrow?
1: Man, getting ready for the second pod, uh, probably try to get on the site and answer some questions for you guys today in the waiver wire uh, cheat sheet post it uh, on the site.
0: Well, it's up right now. That will end this episode of the Roster Watch podcast. I believe episode 44 of the Roster Watch podcast. Uh, So for Byron Lambert, for the trash man, for the robot genius and all of Roster Watch nation, my name is Alex Dunlap. This is the Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. We will see you next time.